You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Oh. <laughs> uh, Sorry about that. Andy, you never answered our poll on our little private chat area. I did not. Well, you got to answer it. What is it? From our photo? Well, you can't see or what? Where am I? Well, at least I'm not on a boat today. You didn't catch me. Well, maybe I am. I don't know. My little <laughs> canoe. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, you said you said a listener was uh, watching you. You're out there just for an hour. Yeah. On your- yep, we had uh, we were on the pontoon and uh, floating in front of uh, right across the lake from where we have our cabin. And all of a sudden, I get a text going, "Hey, doing a nice job on the show with the pontoon in the background." It's kind of funny. Yeah. So someone does listen. That's good. This is good. You know, I knew there was one. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, no uh, that, uh, that lake up there, boy, I tell you, when we were kind of cruising around, you've been looking for properties and, you know, you get out to like um, Brainerd, you get up to that Gull Lake market and that, uh, you know, Cross Lake and the properties are for sale all over the place. You go to Alexandria, there's been one property for sale in like the last 60 days on Lake Ida. I mean, it's so dry up there. It's unbelievable. So when they, they literally, no offense to the person that listed it, but it, because it, actually the agent that listed it, we went to real estate school together. 22 years ago. And, and uh, this Todd uh, Whiting is his name and Todd, great agent. Um, back in the day, he's like, I'm sick of selling propane. He used to drive a propane truck around. And uh, he goes, we're going to get into real estate because everybody fills up their propane tanks, you know, right before they sell. And, and I, it was a kind of an interesting marketing concept and, and they've been thriving him and his wife, Becky for God, 22 years are dominant players up there. But that was an example of a house that, you know, with a hundred plus feet of frontage, um, pretty level at the lake, you know, no driveway on a gravel road with corn behind them, about 2,200 square feet finished per floor. It's a walkout Rambler with a tuck under garage and they were at 800,000 and you know, it, it, it's level, but you know, right off the dock, you're jumping into weeds. And, and so, you know, it's like maybe my perception of what's out there, you know, from back in the day is, is skewed because, you know, I did, I don't know. And then they had multiple offers on it and it sold in a day and a half. So kind of crazy to me, but Lake Lake Shore throughout Minnesota is uh, in high demand. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and they they've talked about that. You know, a lot of these baby boomers that have watched their you know retirement funds double, and they've got to get rid of that money, or they pay taxes on it, mm-hmm. and and so they're out there spending it, which is probably good. You know. Yeah. You know, I was going to say something about this whole live thing. It's I I never go on any of these when they're live, but I always watch them after the fact. Yeah. That's maybe because I don't like my name sitting on there looking at it. You don't? Anyways, no, I don't. Sounds like a personal problem here. There's lots of those, yes. All right, what are we talking about? A little what's happening in the market? It is definitely, I would say, uh, more quality, less quantity right now is what I would call it. So we're not getting as many showings, but they're quality showings that we're getting. Uh, if your house is priced right, you're going to do well. 
if it's if it's not done right, you're gonna sit, or if you overpriced it, uh, it's it's gonna take a while. So uh, I think there's a little buyer. Um, let me just take a break for a little bit, kind of thing, and see what the heck is gonna happen here. Or I've lost so many times, I don't want to keep losing. And hey, you know what? It's summer. It's July fourth. We're gonna enjoy a little time outside. And lately, who did who even wanted to go outside? Right. Well, you know, I was gonna jokingly say the glaciers are on the way. The new ice age of housing is coming. Um, it it no, it's not that bad. It's actually. You know, um, I still am comfortable with our analogy of the driving down the freeway at 80 miles an hour through the Dakotas, slowing down to, you know, 65 in Minnesota. And yeah. you feel that that you're slowing down, but it's not that you're going a bad speed. You still have no traffic and you're doing just fine. Um, markets are still healthy. I mean, I remember back in the day when we would we'd be like so excited. We sold a house in under a week. That's something you'd run a big full page ad about, you know. I mean, oh, my God, sold it under a week for top dollar. And. And nowadays we've gotten so spoiled and, and so used to getting ridiculous prices. And, and I'm saying that because I'm in the business. I'm telling you, you guys are paying ridiculous prices. These houses haven't had a chance. It's more of a supply and demand game right now, which is how an economy establishes a value. But on the other hand, I, I don't, I, you know, if interest rates weren't this low, I don't think the prices would have jumped quite that high that fast. I mean, there's still a lot of, you know, people asking for, um, you know, uh, their, their next place, but there's a lot of people not selling because they don't, they don't see the value in selling and replacing, or they don't feel comfortable jumping into the market. How, how many times, and you said, you've said this a few times, is that people are buying on payments, not price. And yep. uh, I, you, you hear that a lot, like, geez, if I would have bought this last year, I would have had to pay $200 more a month, you know? Mm -hmm. So why not pay a little more because my payment's going to be lower and they're, and that's the way they're feeling. And, you know, people have a lot of equity that are going into it, so they think they're they're covered. Like they're not gonna yeah. be underwater, kind of thing. I, I agree, hundred percent. You know, and I, I've got uh, what do we have? Four properties coming on this week um, over the next couple of days here, and every all different price ranges from the the mid two hundreds all the way up to the high seven fifties um, range. And and it's it'll be interesting to see because I've been coaching everybody, letting them know that hey, we're not selling in minutes anymore. We're actually selling in days. And instead of getting 50 showings, you might get 10. And, you know, so be, put your best foot forward right now, because as a, as a market transitions, you don't want to be used as the example of what not to do, which is overpricing your house, not having it prepared to sell, you know, um, just, oh, somebody will buy it. Who cares if I clean the garage or like we were just talking, epoxy the floor, all those things, you know, you still want to hit everybody on those emotional levels, because once you create a will, there's a way. So if you can hit them on the sites, the visual, it hits all their, you know, checks a lot of their boxes for what they're looking for, right location, right school district. And then you do some of those special touches. That's what a real estate agent really can provide you is the, I would go to this level of, you know, completion before I would sell it in today's market. And I'm telling everybody, it, it, it's not as easy to sell the ugly duckling unless you price it right. People will pay more, but it has to be like turnkey. Here's the keys, move in, have a party tonight in the house because it's so beautiful. Ready? Yeah, I think too. It's it's uh, more than ever. You have to have a pretty uh, strong or experienced realtor from the standpoint of you know going into a listing and telling people, hey, you need to do this, 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 this to be able to get this thing sold in this market. Where a lot of people are like, hey, no, it's great. We'll just get it on the market. 
And so you're, you're fighting that you're doing the right thing, but the only way that they find out that it's not the right thing is by not doing the stuff you're talking about, you fail. And it's really, it's really um, kind of one of those catch 22 things. And uh, that's why I'm saying you gotta be confident as a realtor too, because you gotta believe that you are doing what's the right thing for that client, regardless what everyone else is telling them that they can do and, and that they're hearing on the news and uh, in the papers. You gotta do it right from the beginning. If you don't do it right well, from and the I, I think that's even applying, Chris, right now over into new construction where you know everybody comes in going, well, I've been told not to buy anything new right now. I've been told not to remodel. I've been told not to whatever. Here's what I'd say to that, those people. Well, well, next year when prices double again, what are you going to say then? No, I mean, nobody has a crystal ball to know where prices are going. I mean, we've temporarily seen a softening in the marketplace with pricing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to continue. You know, we, we really don't know. I'm not I'm not a futures expert. Um, I don't know a lot about the supply demand or the political implications that are going on behind the scenes that limit, you know, trade or, you know, prohibit, you know, supply. Um, but I'll tell you this. You don't know, I don't know. What what you have to focus on is what the things that you can control. The price of the house, you can control. You can control the interest rates right now. Um, as far as new construction or whatever, where the market's going, that's why I say make sure to buy the right house at the right place, at the right location, and you'll be fine. And just hold it. Um, speaking about this crazy market and everything, you just sell like that. What about, um, I've been hearing this a lot, for sale by owner. What are your guys' thoughts on it, the pros and cons? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, we, I mean, we deal with it all the time. I, when we're going to list something, people say, hey, there's two or three people that I've got that I kind of want it, so I kind of want to wait until they're done uh, looking at it. And, and and I tell them, I say, hey, you know what, that's, that's totally fine. Um, we can uh, – I do have a program that uh, allows them to kind of um, – you know, work through that process. But the thing is, is that typically people want it for sale by owner and what they'll say almost every single time is that, well, you don't have an agent, so I wanna get it for this price. And what the seller's trying to do is save paying an agent, which you can't blame them, I, that's totally fine. But the buyer's buying it because they don't want, they wanna get a better deal uh, on the price and they think they can take it off. I'm telling you what, commission does not dictate the market value of a home, it just doesn't do it. And uh, once they know that a realtor's involved, they don't play that game anymore because they know they can't. And in a market like it is now, and, and, and starting to maybe flip a little, you know, about maybe selling it off market is not a bad thing anymore. Um, whereas before, I would have said, you're absolutely crazy not to go live on the market. You know, you're, you're crazy because. Well, I, I, usually, I usually say that when we, the, the demand that's created when you list a property and you put it in the proper channels and you stage the house properly, and you get to the right real estate agents that have the buyers ready to go. Um, it, it, you absolutely have to cater to the real estate agents right now. Hate to say it, you know, in a weird way, right now, what is it? 89% of all transactions have a real estate agent involved on on the representation side, um, and it, it's it's like 90 something that is is the for sale owners are a very small part of the market right now. But the, in, a, in an effort, here's what I'd say: if you have the skill set um, to negotiate, put your house, create demand. Make sure that you're not leaving money on the table because you're putting it in the right channels. Um, and then you can negotiate the contracts. There's multiple people to negotiate with as well. It's not just the buyer. It's the buyer's agent. It's going to be the appraiser. It's going to be the home inspector. It's going to be the title company. It's going to be the mortgage company. There's so many other people that go into this equation when you come down to how do I negotiate a deal? 
And just like, like a medical procedure, a lot of people, you know, may decide to remove their own wart at home. Some people decide to go to the dermatologist and have it done. And in this case, though, I don't think it's as easy as that. I think that um, I, I'll give you a quick example because it, it, it's already closed. I had a, a friend of our family here that uh, had a large acreage piece north of here, and, north of my location in Champlain. So they were up in the northern suburbs. And the property went up for sale. And uh, the neighbor came over and said, I'll, I'll buy this from you. Made him an offer. And they said, boy, you know, we're saving these commissions. So, you know, it's a 300 and some thousand dollar sale. And, and uh, so we're, we're looking at saving almost $15,000. This is great. And, and then when we ran into each other at a, at a group party, uh, you know, up at the lake, and I says, hey, I said, I heard you sold your place. He goes, yeah, got this amount for it. And I go, you left about 100 grand on the table, buddy. I mean, literally, they walked away from, in my opinion, 100 grand of equity right now that I could have got them because there's developers up there. There's all these, you sell to the neighbor just because you guys want to agree. Boy, it feels comfortable and, oh, it's easy. And then, and then they were paying some attorney like $3,500 to close the file. And I'm like, I, I don't know, guys. I, I hate to say it, but at least visit with a real estate professional. See what they can do for you for what kind of a commission. Ask them what they can do for the price. Don't just list the house yourself. Get a few opinions first for sure. Um, you know, and then decide, hey, you know, can they get that? Because like Chris said earlier, um, you know, buyers come in when there's no agent on the other side. And I hate to tell you the biggest secret in the world. First thing they do is lowball you 6% because they know you're not paying anybody. And they're like, and they'll tell you that. Well, you're not paying anybody. I'm not paying anybody. So I want that money. They're not going to let you keep it as a seller. You know, they're not going to try to protect that commission. They want it. So that's usually what ends up happening. So anyway, but I've also done, Chris, you know, just be in all honesty, I've also had a lot of, I probably do five, six, seven of them a year where mom and brother want to do a transaction together and we do it for a fee. You don't have to pay 6% to do an in-house transaction. If it's just a paper shuffle, talk to your real estate agent. They might do it for 7%. Yeah, I, I, I've done it for a, a flat fee before. I've done it for a small percent, like 1%. I've done deals before where it just depends on how much work you're asking of me, right? It's kind of like an a la carte menu. Depends what you want, but I have an example. I think that's of the future. I have an example, almost like years. I just saw somebody's gonna sue me. <laughs> I had an example of uh, uh, a lot like what you were talking about. I went in, I went to this house, and they said, "Well, we we have someone that's willing to pay us seven hundred and thirty thousand, uh, and you know they knew the comps around the neighborhood, but what they don't know is what's actually happening live in the market right now." And it's a market I work in. I know it. I know what things are going for. And I'm like, I really think I can get you at least $800,000. And uh, eventually, finally convinced them to be able to go for it. Um, we listed it less than $800,000. We, um, we got well over $800,000, not quite eight fifty, dollars but pretty darn close. And uh, they made over $100,000 more than they would have um, on that uh, for sale by owner. But that you know doing that direct um sale and i just think it's it's one of those things that if you don't know what's happening out there if you're not involved in in writing offers and and seeing what you're competing against and when you're listing knowing what people are losing out on and how many buyers are out there it's really hard to know really what your house is worth and did we get more than it was worth absolutely we well, and, and Chris, think about this too. You know, you look at like a, 
a classic automobile, okay? And you take that car and you say, okay, I can put it in the paper myself and it's a 57 Chevy. And somebody comes and offers you 25,000 for it and you're like, well, nobody else called off the ad. Well, I guess that's what it's worth, I'll sell it. Or you put it in a truck and you take it down to one of these Meekum or Barrett Jackson auctions and they know how to market and present that car, show its rarity, talk about the, the, the VIN value. numbers, matching, yep, they, they sell the value. They show that it's all matching ID numbers and whatever else. And then they say it's original this or it's modified that. And all of a sudden they sell that car for 75000 but you had to pay them 10% to sell it. Yeah. So what? If you're netting, if your net, net, net is much higher and, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to deal with it. And you let them do all the negotiating, all the wheeling and dealing, the transportation, the delivery, all that stuff is, is, is I don't know. I, that's the way I look at kind of like with real estate too. You can do for sale by owner to make it easy, but don't kid yourself. When you do for sale by owner, I'm saying 90% of the time, I see people leaving money on the table, having headaches. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to create the demand for the property. They don't know who to take it to. And they're sticking a for sale sign in the yard and hoping to cross their fingers that somebody will drive along and pay them a hundred grand over like their neighbor got paid. And it just, it just doesn't happen. Another thing too would be the legality. So the headache, save you time from that. And that goes into our next topic getting sued in the real estate world. That's everyone's favorite segment we haven't done for a while. We, we have to get a cartoon graphic with Chris Twinkle toying across the stage. Okay, so, <laughs> Twinkle toes? All right. Okay, kids, sit around. All right. Uh, uh, fortunately, knock on wood, uh, over 31 years of doing this, uh, I've not been involved in, uh, well, what is it, four different times we've had something go to an arbitration type thing. Um, and, that, and that's uh, a case of making sure that people are disclosing everything, and that's usually the problem. Um, but in our cases, uh, regardless of what you disclose, some people uh, still don't believe it and still come after you. So. Um, we had, uh, for instance, uh, it was a disclosure. We did disclose that there was a problem, um, that uh, what they did to fix it and what the city made them do uh, and, and not be able to, to do, left all the uh, paperwork and everything at the house uh, for them, uh, sold the house, closed on it. Uh, three months later, they had a backup with the same exact um, problem, supposedly. And... Um, talking to different people they felt that uh uh maybe my client was not being as truthful as uh they said and then they stated they hadn't seen some of the stuff so long story short um sometimes i think from a if you're going to do suing you bet you've got to make sure that um check your check your stuff and don't just buy into one person's opinion because one person's opinion is not uh, a golden in in that and so i think it's really important that you uh make sure before you kind of go that route because it can get kind of expensive if you use an attorneys if you use an arbitration uh it doesn't have to be as expensive but um you know if you're well, going Chris, through that your, whole your clients, if, if they do get into trouble um you know with with a situation like this do you actually charge them more to help them <laughs> right no and that's the thing is that, and, but, but we're also not attorneys as well, but I think, yeah, I mean, back no, to but I mean if, you, if you prepare for an arbitration dis disagreement, you could spend 40 hours 
getting oh. files put together, pulling phone conversations, text messages. They treat it just like court. And, it, and, and even if you have an attorney, the attorney will still ask your real estate agent to put all that together. And, you know, but here's the other thing. So, so I don't actually um, suing you. Um, people say it, but they don't do it. Taking someone all the way to usually to trial requires you don't have an arbitration agreement, number one, unless it's fraud. Um, you know, so if you have an arbitration agreement in place, um, you've already agreed to how you're going to disagree. So a lot of times they're, they're going to an arbitration um, source anyway. Up to 15000 on the new contract, it says you're actually going to take them to small claims court. 15000 to high, you're going to arbitrate. So it, it is kind of a misconception of the, basically the term I'm suing you means I'm coming after you. I want, I want resolution. Um, but in, in most cases, there's not actually any suing that's being done um, that I've ever experienced anyway. I've, I've had arbitration disputes, but normally when you get to that point of where all of a sudden people start arbitrating and your attorney says it's going to cost you about $15,000 for them to get everything ready for the arbitration um, and putting all the right facts together so that you can win. And you realize that, my gosh, we're only asking for 15,000. Let's just settle this thing for 10 grand and be good. And, and most people settle, um, which I think is the, probably the smart, not always the best for your, for your you know, ego, but it, it, sometimes a compromise and a reasonable settlement is probably the best resolution for all parties. Yeah, it's it's kind of a principle thing though too sometimes, and you do get people that are like that, and that's not. I mean, when when you get accused of lying or fraudulent or whatever, people people react in different ways. Yeah, um, especially when they're um, not not guilty, and uh, it's right. insulting, and it's uh, sometimes yeah. money doesn't matter at that point. And you well, and I had uh, going to story time. I had a, a, a customer of mine. She uh, was a widower and she had a um, situation where all of a sudden we sold their house and she moved on, got into her senior apartment. And all of a sudden we get a call about six months later saying that um, they want us to replace their entire basement. The basement flooded and that they were coming after us. And so I called my client and, and she says, I have no idea what you're talking about. We've lived there 40 years. We never had any issues. And all of a sudden they were coming after us for a big settlement. And because the whole basement, in their opinion, had to be replaced um, or renovated. And so we go back to the point of where we're sitting there and we, we investigate. And I, I called and I said, um, how do you guys, how did this, whatever? And they go, the basement flooded. And I go, it was a, a record flood or record rainfall at that year. And it was a fluke. It's not a norm. And they said, well, the neighbor came over from across the street and said that this happened every year. Well, her husband, who's passed away, used to have a little water come in from their garage and he would he was ready for it every time it would rain. And it would literally come in. She had no clue this was happening. And it would come in and he would grab it in the drain down in the basement and they never had an issue. These guys were out of town. The drain was plugged and all of a sudden, boom, the whole basement floods. And we had to settle that one, yeah. unfortunately. you know. And I was like, oh, you don't want to come after my widow. you know. <laughs> and uh, they, they didn't care. But anyway, <laughs> we took care of her. We got her settled out and done. And and that's a case of where, you know, um, somebody felt wronged and the neighbor added fuel to the fire, um, you know. Right. So. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, that's where it usually comes from. Comes from a neighbor or someone who was there or said something. And all of a sudden those stories conflict. But sometimes those stories aren't necessarily true. And that's what I'm getting at is that you just don't buy it into one person. You know, you buy into... Yeah. You know, you have to have multiple sources. And the other thing is, is that if you're going to go after something, it's pretty darn smart to be able to have an attorney 
on your side and thinking you can do it and save money is basically throwing your money away because mm -hmm. they'll find little loopholes and it's the law and then you're you're done you're screwed yep timelines matter every the way things are served matters it, it's yeah it's kind of an unfortunate part of our business that I, i'm glad that in most cases most people can just let things go you know and they say you know what it is what it is i'm not going to go after the previous owner i'm just going to take care of it myself which which you know in some cases i want them to fight back but you know, at the end of the day, it, you got to determine how you want to spend your days on this planet. And some people want to fight and some people don't. So, And most people don't under, know or understand that we all have errors and emissions insurance. And uh, if there's something that happens and we get, they involve us in it, boom, we're out of it. And the insurance and the attorneys take over, you know, so um, getting the kind of the, the realtors involved also gets the attorneys involved. And so it's kind of a, um, it's an interesting thing, you know, we, we're not able to be able to help at that time um, right. with you because they're, they're going after, I mean, if they think the realtor was fraudulent, you know, um, mm -hmm. we have insurance that covers us for that. Well, and that you guys, that, that's something that we didn't even, that's a whole other side of this topic where you represent <laughs> a buyer, the buyer goes after the seller and the buyer hires an attorney. Well, guess what? That attorney is going to send you a nice letter telling you they want their commission back because you screwed their client. And all of a sudden they go after the real estate agents. And they go after it gets to be a mess so it is it is always in our best interest fully disclose fully investigate make sure the houses are you know your home inspections are done make sure that every t is crossed every die is out of before somebody says you know what let's close that's why today's market chris makes me so darn nervous with these people waiving inspections and doing all this other stuff and people go well they waived it it, it doesn't it does not stop them from having to disclose material fact yeah, so listen to this. Okay, hey, I, I, I won this offer against 15 other people. I paid 62000 more. I waived my inspection. I waived the appraisal. It didn't appraise. I move in. One month later, my neighbor says, well, gosh, did you see the rats in the basement? What? You know, and, and boom, sue you. I'm getting my sixty two grand back. I'm, you know, whatever, appraise value. I'm going to, because, I mean, people are, are, they're happy to be into a house. But they're also like, hey, we paid top dollar here. This thing better be perfect, exactly to what you're saying. And I yeah. think that is going to happen. I, I yeah, it, it, a lot of people do really, they, they feel like they're they're in, almost have they should get special treatment because they did all these up and beyond and extras. Which I hate to tell you this, but it doesn't get you anything extra when it comes to the disclosure so, or the the, the after closing. Yeah, it does. It got you the house. That's probably the only way you got it. Let's get into some uh, practical value. Um, home gab home gadgets. What are the coolest gadgets you guys have seen in a home? Andrew must have cool gadgets. I don't. Well, know. you know, what do you mean by gadgets? Because I I love I love the way houses are becoming more automated. Um, you know, everything from the um, you know I've got the extreme customer that literally hits a button and it's movie mode and all the 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 the, the blinds go down, the movie the lights come on and they glow softly. Um, and it, it turns on the TV, um, all of those things that are, you know, automated. I also appreciate the simple things like, like the MyQ garage door systems where you can just literally, you and I could be on a vacation. We can see that our kids opening our garage door or shutting our garage door or locking the front door by hitting a button. Those kind of technologies I think are pretty cool. Um, as long as your Wi-Fi works. Um, see, I'm old school where I, uh, you know, I, I like to see things hardwired whenever we can. Um, but on the other hand, you know, with this wireless world we're in, 
Um, we're having to get used to everything being Wi-Fi based. Yeah, I I also like uh, those little gadgets. I have the that Lutron lighting, and I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I it automatically turns on outside, and then I can turn it off, or I can up it or down it, and do everything right from my phone. So. Yeah. Uh, I like that, but I think Nick's got quite a few uh, different ones that we're going to make some comments on. What about what about like even like sound systems like Sonos? That's one of my favorites too. You can just enhance a house without wiring the whole thing. It's all remote and wireless speakers, and they're fantastically crisp. I mean, it's I don't know. I got uh, ten photos here, so let's knock them out. First all right, one, let's go. Wi-Fi door lock for sure. Have, have you? Oh, a Wi-Fi door lock. See, Wi-Fi door locks. You can lock your doors with your phone, like an app. Yeah, I've just never seen a handle like that, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Solar power pathway lights. Fantastic. I bet you Andy has quite a few of those. No, I don't. I'm not a big, you know, you gotta you gotta be honest with yourself. In Minnesota, we don't have the same solar reach that they do like down in Arizona. So you're gonna have um, a tough time keeping your solar alive. And everybody says, oh, that's not true. My solar's lasted for a year. Yeah, yeah it's because they have internal batteries. Might have lasted pretty good. Yeah. The robot vacuum cleaner. You know, I've, I've seen those uh, babies go around. I just actually uh, was meeting with a client the other day that his son did a video on these things. It was, I, and then I'm like, well, how'd you get to do that? And that thing maps out the whole house. So then you can kind of like send it to one area. I mean, how it's, yep. I, it's just crazy how those things uh, work and move. And, and yeah, uh, I've also seen those work. where they, they hit the old uh, dog poopy and smear it all over the floor. Oh, nice. Have you seen those? No. It's disgusting. And all of a sudden that robot's dragging a dog turd all over your floor <laughs> <laughs> or cat or whatever. I uh, bad, bad gadget. Move on. Nest, the Nest doorbell. I love these. Yep, for sure. Yeah. The whole the whole Nest doorbell, uh, you better disclose that when you're having your house uh, for sale, though. I'll tell you that because people listening on the Nest to people um, talking about uh, buying their house um, can get you in a little trouble. I'm telling you that. If you're, if you're, if you're being a little uh, a spy on that stuff, uh, you're going to get in trouble. Speaking of spy, we got these cams. These are cheap cams, but they're really recommended. You can put them all over your home. Oh, really? Security cams, and you can see it all um, through your cell phone and whatnot. What do you guys think of security cams in, in houses? I I mean, I, I don't know about inside, but I think they're fantastic to be able to uh, know what the heck is uh, happening <laughs> and going on on the outside. It, it catches the stuff, I think. I think that would be a huge deterrent um, for people, uh, for the burglar types. You can buy the fake ones too. They don't, and they don't wear badges, so you can't just yeah. can't abuse them. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty wicked. Square light changing panels, so you can do a bunch of different colors, and you can hook up like music to it. Have you ever seen a room like this? It's super futuristic. I think that would be fantastic to put in a house. I've never seen it. I mean, as kind of a cool little area, maybe in a bar, maybe behind, like for a backsplash on a bar or a, a, a wall in the in the lower level. 
I think that would be awesome. Reminds me almost yeah. like an electric fireplace. Yeah, it, it's different. I uh, I don't know if I want my house looking like a nightclub, but it it's um, it, it could be cool. You know, they don't have to do just the crazy colors. I'm sure it does subtle, softer colors or whatever. I oh. It could play your Wayne Newton music. It'd be awesome. Yes. And just do nice, smooth waves. And it would be brown and black. and I mean, it would yeah. be awesome, Andy. <laughs> orange. Well, this, is important for sure. Orange, this, orange is the new bulb, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. These, see, now, these bulbs, I think, are an interesting accent. It, it gets a little tricky when you're, you know, when you have your own house and you're, like, using that as um, you've got fluorescence everywhere else, and then you use these Edison bulbs, like, for an example, on a on a, a pendant light or something like that because they're a different color um it's that warm yellow almost like a, a, a halogen style color so i do recommend that you use them as an accent and not as a primary lighting source um we've used them in new construction as a primary lighting source before and it, it at night it, it's unusual it's just different because it's you got the bluish white lights and then you've got the yellow lights and these have to be on really bright and then you see the source of the light Versus when they're soft, like it's showing in the picture here, like like you're having uh, you know entertainment mode or whatever or movie mode, like that. My my client I was telling you about, this would be perfect for that, where they're low one, energy, low. One thousand percent agree with you, Andy. They're accent lights, not for throughout the house. This is pretty wicked. A sleep tracker you put it underneath your your um, bed or your. Blanket or whatever, and you lay on it, and you get uh, to track your sleep. It's cool. Interesting. I don't think it's gonna help sell a house, but uh, I, 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 it could take take track of my three hours at a time sleep. That would be nice. I love these. The wake up lights that mimics the sun for like alarm clock. Yep. See, I that actually would work for me. Cause I do, I'm very, uh, I, you can step on my, you know, crunch stuff on the floor, slam doors. I don't wake up, but I will wake up when the sun comes up. Oh, huh. what, what, uh, what time do you get out of bed, Andy? Five. Yeah, me too. Usually I wake up at four fifty and stare at my alarm clock for 10 minutes. Yeah. Wait for it to go off. <laughs> I like to get up and get stuff going. Plus I love coffee. So it's a favorite part of the day. How about air quality monitor? Have you seen these before? No. They measure everything. CO2, humidity, temperature, and chemicals. Wow. That looks I, cool. I like I, that. I've not seen that uh, either. Wow. So overall, though, I mean, a lot of gadgets go out of style within a couple of years. How does this affect, you know, selling homes with the gadgets you got? I think you're, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff to me is like accent uh, type thing. Like Andy was talking about that wall of squares, uh, lights and turning off and on and stuff like that. I mean, that might be like, whoa, but in, in a smaller application or something that you don't have to turn on. But it's kind of to me, it's kind of like, hey, remember that house with the wall? You know, it, it, it helps you remember it uh, or those bulbs that were in the kitchen or um you know, it's it's hanging, it ha having hanging thing with uh, plumbing faucets. You know, like where you hang your towels on. Cool things like that. Little accents are are things that really make uh, a house stand out uh, to people. Well, it's kind of like a theme. You know, you kind of create that. You know, the 
the techno theme. If you had an office and you have that cool light panel and it changes colors and you feel like you're, for whatever reason, it helps motivate you to be more tech savvy or you feel good about what you're doing, perfect. And, and you know, like I think that when you get into theming, just like designing houses, you know, picking a craftsman style or you go, you know, what is the new chic farmhouse now and some of these other, you know, designs that are out there, you carry that theme through the house. Those um, accents, I think, are, are, you know, helping you personalize a room, for example, versus, you know, like some of the gadgets that I look at nowadays are like when you walk into a room and it turns the heat on or, you, you know, or you, it, it starts warming up to livable temperature. Those kind of like high tech technologies, um, I, I, I think, are kind of cool. And that's new construction still holding back on some of that stuff because it's cost prohibitive. But, you know, the um, it's there. And, and man, I, I, I know a lot of customers would love to see it. Let's get you into know, the. I was just going to say another thing that I think is pretty cool that I've seen and you see it a lot more now, but uh, are the USB ports that work yeah. with along with the uh, outlets. I think those are um, just real thoughtful. Um, and I think that makes people think maybe, hey, there's there's more to this smart home. You know, and you can suddenly do those kind of things and add to that uh, in an older home. Well, if the mobile companies were smart, they would recognize that they could sell an outlet with their particular proprietary plug style on it. And people would buy them like crazy and it would be a fast charger for their Apple or their Verizon or their whatever, you know, style phone, Samsung phone. And it would fast charge it and they could sell those like hotcakes because... Right now, I watch I watch young kids, and, and I, I guarantee anybody watching this knows exactly what I'm saying here. They they run around and they look for charger cords like they were starving children, yeah. and they're looking for food. And it's like, what what's going on here? And they steal. They'll steal your charger to get their own charge, and it's it's how they cannibalize each other for these chargers. It's funny. No, how do I sound like an old man? You know, my kids. All her chargers like initialed and everything. Yeah. She's gotten so many stolen from her. They don't, they don't care though. Mine says dad or Andy all over everything I've got. And I'll go up and find it in my kid's bathroom plugged in. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> or my phone in the morning is at 60% charging because they decided to unplug it and plug in their, their uh, headphones and their pod box or whatever those things are, their little things. And, and, well, you was fully charged. Okay. That's why it's at 60% at five in the morning. That's I. That's why I have a different. I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android. No one uses those. Those are ground in my house, Chris. Those are now grounds for eviction. So be careful what you steal from Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll get an eviction notice. Yeah. Let's get into the pros and cons of withdrawing from your four hundred one k to buy a home. Hey, in some instances, they let you do that without penalty, um, especially if you're a first time home buyer, and you can also borrow that. Um, money and just pay it back to yourself. So in some cases, I mean, like in a market it is today, it's a it's a great thing in which to be able to do, uh, to be able to win and, and get into a house. So it's not it's always- a cash buyer, that, yeah. that immediately puts you into the cash buyer category, even though you don't have it laying around in your checking book, you know, or checkbook or whatever, but you can, you know, withdraw money, use the resource, pay it back and refinance down the road. But let's say you get the property you wanted now because you looked like you were cash, it yeah. uh, makes you a pretty strong buyer. Yeah, I think there. I think it was. I had one that if you're a first-time buyer, I think it's up to fifty thousand or half of what you have in there that you can use that you could utilize. Um, and I think the penalties are. 
I mean, not only do you get taxed on that money, but you also get penalized like 10%. Um, but everyone has a different thing. I did have someone one time, uh, this was kind of interesting. There's some rule, I'm not positive uh, exactly, so don't completely hold me to this, but you might want to check on it because we had someone do it. But if they were transferring their 401k or whatever, you know, when they're going into a, putting it into something else, you have to do it within 60 days. So you can borrow that money, take it out, hold all that money with 60 days, but then you got to turn it back in. And if you don't, you know, then that's when the taxes and the penalties happen. But you have 60 days in which to be able to transfer it. We've had people do that. Yeah, I think there's rules. Talk to your accountant about that. But there's primary residence, I think, is the key. Um, you know, because you can borrow against it to pay off debt, too. But then there's penalties, like Chris is talking about. But I think primary residence, I think it's pretty comfortable and easy to do. And, and if you do it correctly, there's little to no penalty. I always love that. I love that music. I think Rudy's rant is just the topic, and I think me and Andy can both rant uh, together on this, but uh, change is in the air and kind of like, when do you know there is change coming? Um, you know, and obviously we're talking about the real estate market in general, and I def definitely think there is change in the air and people are going to have to adjust, uh, not only sellers and buyers, but agents as well. And uh, more important, I mean, we've been through so many changes uh, throughout our, our careers. Um, like I said, I first started, we we're at 10.5% interest rates. Gosh, when we got under 10, I thought we were in, I mean, it was going to be fantastic. Then we went through the whole 2008 debacle. You know, we all became short sale and foreclosure uh, people, not only uh, from the listing side, but uh, if we we're fortunate enough from the listing side, but uh, on the buy side, on, on getting things, we are different types of loans and different types of financing uh, that we've had to go through. And I think we're just, you know, in, in for a little, you know, shift that, that's coming up now. And not necessarily that we're going to uh, lose stuff, but I think it was kind of a, almost a, a real quick, abrupt uh, change in a way. And, and I think, you know, typically it's consumer confidence and what people are, are doing. You know, when you can't get nothing or you don't have anything, um, you can't get a refrigerator for seven months. You can't buy a, a, a Mercedes uh, Airstream Cruiser. You can't find one. Um, you can't get an RV. You can't get a boat. You can't get a dock. You can't get a lift. You know. What are we in Russia? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Collusion. But anyways, um, the uh, I, I just think it, that it, it's 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 one of those times that I think people are just hanging tight, just a little hanging tight right now. There's still good buyers out there. Just do it right. Do um, it right, and but you have to be able to um, not keep your eyes shut and closed. Uh, we talked. We talked a couple shows ago about technology. You know that hey, this isn't going to last. Well, it, it is, and it did, and it only keeps evolving. But that's just like the market; it evolves and it changes, and you got to stay on top of it. Very true. Wow. Uh, I think Andy speechless. You know, I uh, I am very well. I think he agrees with you. Yeah, 
you better write that one down. We, uh, <laughs> it's, no, no, it's, it's all true. I mean, you and I, we act like we're so different. We're pretty much the same guy. We just do, uh, live on different ends of town. And I think that there's, uh, there's just a, uh, yeah, I know. We, we all know. We, uh, yeah. Can we mute that part? Yeah. Nothing. Anyway, yeah, delete that. Can we delete timeout? Is this live? Uh, no, but the, the idea there is that it comes down to where technology is a tool. It's in our tool belt. It's in our, you know, whatever. And we use it to help our clients have a better experience, a smoother experience, and hopefully improve upon the process. And our industry has not improved our processes for years. It's old school. I mean, look at how you get your mortgages. Look at how many documents ask you for. Look at the title companies, how they pull all the stuff and put it together. And they say, well, this is the way it is. Well, I think that there's definitely opportunities for better processes to be done, smoother, easier. The one process that I wish there was more of a resource put on is the actual real estate agents. Because when real estate agents are looked at as being salespeople versus technology is looked at as being a tool, what's happening is you have to go towards a little bit of the experience. Because when you all you do is look at algorithms and machine learned you know, values, um, and you look at, and people are used to it now. So they're like, I hear even people in their 70s and 80s saying, oh, Zillow said this. And I'm like, Zillow is a company that generates leads for real estate agents. That's it. And now they're trying to figure out a way to get our commissions. That's what they want. So by using those resources, they're not limiting commissions. They're not, they need those commissions to pay for all the billions they've stuck into the marketing to get their name out there to everybody. So it's like, to me, technology is an interesting creature because it's, um, you feel comfortable because it's new. That's not always the best thing. You know, you, you have to analyze all the things to come up with the best solution for you. And sometimes technology is there. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's worth walking all the way around the building um, instead of just, you know, cutting right through. So. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Sorry, I got that was an Andy rant. Nick is muting himself. He won't talk to us. So that was beautiful. I don't know if this has to do anything with change. It kind of does different places and, and music and uh -oh. people putting themselves out there. I made this video. Maybe you guys will enjoy it. Change is good. There we go. That's the point of the video. Yeah, yeah. Change is amazing. Uh, you, that is a amazing life you lead. I'll tell you that. Those are all the places you've been. Just a handful. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I took all those videos. But um, hey, we got some questions here we'll answer from our loyal listener, Greg. What's the difference between Remax Preferred and Remax Advantage Plus? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, Remax obviously is the, the same brand. And then there's different owners that have um, different places. So like Remax Preferred is a company that I started. And uh, we, we're kind of more, I would say, more uh, uh, boutique. We have all the same Remax stuff, but uh, we have our own 50 agents. Remax Advantage Plus, Eric Malmberg, um, uh owns that and runs that. He has multiple offices. And uh, gosh, I think they have like 400 agents. That's who Andy works for. Then there's like Remax Results. There's, there's a whole bunch of different uh, Remaxes. I think Remax Results actually is the biggest um, Remax or does the most volume than everyone in the United States. And they have like over a thousand agents that work with them. Is new construction staying on schedule or are there a shortage of material delays? Yeah, uh, it depends, I think, who you're building with. Uh, that uh, There's definitely uh, delays in happening, but I would uh, not just so much uh, material, but also labor. Labor is a, a, a big problem in scheduling and who's doing it. And if they oversold or didn't oversell, I think you can uh, find yourself in some interesting uh, predicaments when it comes to new construction, for sure. Now we have a couple funny comments here. Andy has Lake Ida sunburn. He was sunburned. <laughs> Greg's from up there. And then did Andy have a Mountain Dew for breakfast today? <laughs> Every day. That's a, he has a Mountain Dew like intravenous feeding him all day long. He had to, he's actually on the way to an appointment, right? Nick, yeah, he's taking off. He had to take off to an appointment. I think he's going to try to come back here at the end for sure. Mr. Ludwig, um, who's a realtor at Remax Preferred, he uh, actually is, uh, he's gonna go on the nomad life with you, Nick, I think, and he just dropped off uh, all his uh, Remax gear to me. I got some pretty sweet stuff. That guy, oh. that guy was Mr. Remax. I mean, he had everything there ever was. So I'm gonna have uh, lots of uh, Remax gear, more than Andy's little preferred home team gear he always has on. Hey, you, Andy, uh, you, like the you gotta be. I did. That was fantastic. Got yeah, what? It was fantastic. Like the music. Oh, okay. He did see it. Yeah. I like the music. You know the one I like. I, I don't care what it is, what language, what language it's language it's in, what country, whatever is that Hallelujah song? Uh, Man, yeah, that was a really good one. If you got that, the longer. If you have that whole song, Nick, you gotta send that to me. She sounded Sounds really good. good. So what do you guys got coming up here? Andy and I both got a lot of uh, some listings coming up. Uh, we've been preparing some listings here for uh, a month to two months and uh, they're ready to kind of hit the market. I've got um, uh, one at 429, uh, real nice four bedroom, four bath, uh, walkout, two story uh, in Prior Lake Wooded Yard. And then uh, got a new one on the lake, 2.2 million. That I'm telling you, with about 400,000, it's 3 million all day long. Uh, 180 feet of lakeshore, awesome. And then uh, got one house that I think is almost, I mean, I would call it new construction, built in 2006. It's a Charles Cudd original home, but this person has done an ungodly job with it, 899 in Credit River. Andy. I've got. Uh get your pen and paper ready because these deals are so hot it's gonna light the paper on fire um 
<laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I've got a, I've got a couple deals going on here. Uh, starting on uh, pricing, I've got a townhouse coming in Brooklyn Park, real close to the, the North Hamilton Community College. Uh, it's been an investment property for a family for years. Great location, nice lot, um, cute price. It's going to be really affordable, uh, probably around that 200 number. Um, I've got a, a house in Dayton, single family Rambler coming on the market here that'll be in the mid 200s. Um, could use a little TLC. That's for the, the person that's looking for some equity. That can be a great equity builder for you. I, I've also got a house in Brooklyn Park coming on Edinburgh Golf Course. Um, you, I don't know if you remember the builder uh, Sandicon, but this house was designed by them, custom designed. Um, bought in the foreclosure era and renovated. And this house is state-of-the-art, really beautiful, um, really refreshing uh, updates on it. And then I've got a beautiful house coming in um, uh, Blaine, up off of uh, Main Street. And uh, it great property, um, just about 4,000 finished square feet, um, you know, five-bedroom, four-bath, two-story in the mid-500s. Uh, and uh, they, they end up getting in fights on all those all the time in that neighborhood. But those are the four I've got coming this week. So if any of those are interesting, Andy at Prosky.com. <laughs> Andy, did you, you didn't get the, there was a little comment about you. Asked, no. if, asked if you had a Mountain Dew this morning. Andy had Mountain Dew for breakfast. And I said, you have an IV that feeds you Mountain Dew all day long. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you just really are just, just always go full go even when i go fishing my kids tell me to calm down <laughs> i'm like i'm like listen this fish blankety blankety blank and i'm like i'll grab the and yeah it ripped off my leech can you believe that yeah i get, I love it. We, get we get andy on the boat in the house now in the car now i need you on a plane here you come you come on though I'm not afraid to keep moving, that's for sure. Move it and shake it. I yeah, think that's well, our, well, in our business, though, my gosh, you know, um, for as exciting as and, and fun as this show has been for us, it's one of those things where we got to fit it into our lifestyle because Chris and I are both producing real estate agents. Even though, you know, we over the years have been around a long time, we are still producing and we've got to fit things in. And sometimes we run out of week too much and those weeks go faster and faster nowadays i, I love it i love 100 miles an hour yeah yeah someone said the other day just yesterday another realtor said hey when are you retiring i'm like what i mean why would you retire i mean i can't i can't imagine i can't think what i, I would possibly do except maybe gamble i think i could gamble i'd be good at that <laughs> i i would love to tackle a beach um at the cabin and just keep that thing looking like it's a resort yeah. i love i love electro maintenance you'd be good at that for for your guys's hard work the listener you guys can give us a thumbs up write us a review on itunes whatever platform you listen on maybe share some more stuff on facebook we post clips weekly we would appreciate that i got one final comment here about me um he's Mike says, Nick, tell us what's going on with you. Is your season a go? We had our season. It was a tough one. At one point, I had a 16-year-old center, but now I'm just living living good in Italy for the summer. So I can't complain, Mike. Thanks for asking. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Until next time. Ciao, ciao. See you guys. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.